School PR professionals spend a week or two each year networking, if they're lucky. We pour into this professional development and the conversations drive us in our work. Collaboration is one of the best parts of our job, but then we go back to our daily work and the buzz of bright conversations and innovation starts to wear off. Welcome to School PR Happy Hour. We seek to create a shared space of collaboration and an opportunity to continue those conversations long after the closing sessions of our state and national conferences. We are a community, a community of communicators that lean on each other in hard times and learn from each other regularly. This podcast is about just that, getting to know each other better and sharing our passions about furthering education one story at a time. Welcome back to School PR Happy Hour. I'm Erin McCann. When brainstorming for this episode, I started thinking about how collaborative school PR is as a profession and how much we all grow when others take a professional interest in our careers. It is with great excitement that I welcome one of my own mentors, Ian Halpern, to the show this week. Ian is a veteran school PR pro with more than 20 years in the field. He is a former TSPR president, a longtime NSPR member, and among his many talents, he goes out of his way to mentor people new to the field and make them feel welcome. Ian, thanks so much for being here. We're glad you're here. Well, thank you, Erin. I appreciate you making me feel welcome on your show. Absolutely. So before we start actually talking about mentoring and why that's a passion of yours, can you walk us through your path to school PR and the time that you've spent in the career? Sure. Um, you know, I, I started out as a journalist, like so many people that, that come into PR, especially school PR, uh, working for community newspapers here in the Dallas area. And this was way back before the current state of newspaper affairs. This was, you know, 22 years ago. But newspapers were already starting to struggle. And really, it also became about quality of life. You know, the newspaper hours were long. And um, I I'd met some really great school communications people through the newspaper and kind of took an interest in how they did their jobs and worked with the media, but more importantly, you know, the, the role they were in the community, supporting our schools, supporting our teachers, celebrating our kids. And so an opportunity came up through a mutual friend to uh, apply for a job in Mesquite. And I started there and, and came in when we were still doing newsletters and processing film and uh, mimeograph machines and all those things, clip art. And I uh, kind of rode the digital wave through and spent some time working at the TV station there in Mesquite and uh, got involved in open records. And of course, Teespra was there the whole way. Uh, then about eight years ago, we had a new superintendent come into Wiley and he was looking for a communications professional that knew the Metroplex and had some experience and came over here. And it's been a great, uh, I guess now nine years here in Wiley. So you've worked primarily in two different school districts. Is that right? Yes. Uh, Mesquite at the time had about 40,000 students and 30 campuses or so and moved to Wiley when they had 12,000 and now we have 17,000. So been around some growth, uh, seen lots of changes just in, in our students and our staff and, and certainly in media um, and, and in our colleagues. So it's, it's been a, it's been a great career. I, I wouldn't change any of it. Uh, we, we, we've all, of course, seen some struggles, but, you know, just the great things that we're doing every day, that, that's where people like us really get to get to shine. Absolutely. So Ian, I think um, just in general, that I know a number of the people listening know you personally, and I think they would all agree that you're, wow. <laughs> well, I think they would all agree that you're a great resource. I can stop using my serious voice then and I can use my normal Ian voice. That's great. <laughs> I think um, the people listening who know you would agree that you are always a really good resource uh, to rookies, especially to those that are established veterans, to be sure. 
but you really go out of your way to reach out to rookies. You can always be dependent on in a crisis. So in the course of your career, how did prioritizing people new to the field become a priority for you? Well, that's a great question, Ernie. I think it goes back to when I started. Um, you know, I had some people like Steve Nag, Dixie Paris. I mean, some some people that are known in in Teespra and Enspra that that looked after me, that that treated me as one of their own from the beginning. Uh, I, I didn't have a ton of street cred with education or with school PR. Uh, I, I just tried to rely on my wit and charm, I guess, and maybe my skill a little bit. But I had some people that that really looked out for me when I first came in and and made me feel welcome and. And looking back, I guess I was really lucky that I was sort of in the in crowd, but I didn't know it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they just, they made me feel so welcome. And so I just felt like I needed to keep paying that back. When you think about what we do as communications professionals in the school district, we don't have a job alike. You know, we didn't come up, most of us did not come up as principals in the traditional route that the other people in the administration building came up. And so we may not have that network of trusted friends or just people we can call and vent to or cry to or cheer with. And so we have to rely on our associations to do that. And to be successful, I hope people are, because that's really the place where you're going to find that camaraderie, the, the job-alike stuff that, that'll get us through the days. Mm-hmm. And Ian, you've done, you've gone so far to prioritize rookies. Um, you've actually done a rookie boot camp at our state conference several times. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, I'm so honored about that. That that's that's I look forward to that every single year. Again, because when these people go back to their schools, especially if they're in a one-person staff like you are, and I mm-hmm. think that's that's kind of why you and I maybe have bonded. You know, you and you can talk about that too. You know, you just you don't have that job right. alike. And so when people come into Teespra, and again, like I said, I I felt like I was on the inside and didn't know it, but we really don't want to be clickish. And so I think over the last you know, 10 years, eight years, we really try to make sure that we are inclusive. Um, You know, these people come in and they come from different areas. They might've been a teacher, they might've been a journalist, but we all have the same goal. And so if we can give them just some basic skills and and, and really, it's just like you said, knowing who to call. I'm certainly not the expert on everything. I mean, I I call you with social media questions. You know, I call other people with other questions. Um, But, but, just knowing who to call and just to hear a friendly voice and a sympathetic voice, um, that, that starts with, with being a mentor and reaching out to those people. And, and fortunately, Teespra and even Enspra now, I, I see the things they do with their rookies and the way they have their regional meetings and the things they do at the national conference to help people kind of assimilate in at the beginning. That's vital. You know, burnout's a factor in any profession and certainly in ours too. And we want to keep these good people. We want to provide them the skills and the tools and, and then the support to keep going and, and make it to 22 or three years like Absolutely. us. Um, so something that I think that you do really well, Ian, that I've, I've known you for several years now and I've watched you do this is you really don't know a stranger. And I know as communicators, a lot of us are true <laughs> extroverts, but you go so far out of your way to find the people that are sitting by themselves or maybe like, like we talked about a one person shop and they don't have that built in network for people who are a little less extroverted or maybe more intimidated. Do you have advice on how you can seek a mentor? Because if you've got someone in your camp, you've got someone to fall back on, like you said, someone to call. And I think that leads to a level of success in this profession. Oh, absolutely. It does. You know, that, that's a great thought. And and I guess it does come to me naturally, but look for people that have a common interest. And it may be, it may start with something as simple as where they went to school or, you know, you like what mm-hmm. they're wearing or you saw something in the contest that, wow, I would like to do something that in my district, you know, 
maybe there's a mutual friend, you know, but it all starts with kind of knowing them. And that, that's why I encourage people to, to go to their state conferences. If you can make it to Enspra, you know, I've, I've got a few friends on the national seen now that that have been such great resources for me in so many areas and and not that we don't get a lot from tspra but understand that you're not going to know everything and and no no one mentor or one person is probably going to help you with everything but hopefully there's enough opportunities when you go to your conferences or even in regional meetings to not be shy to, to not be afraid to say hello and then again i think that also comes back to us as as leaders where you are and, and with us in TSPRA and with NSPRA or any other organization, any other SPRA to mm-hmm. make an effort. Cause remember at one point you were that rookie, you, you came into this profession new and maybe you knew a person or two who encouraged you to, to go to work in a school district. But, but think back to those first few days, you know, the first few months when you were on the job and you, you know, people would come by and say, hi, and I'm here to help you. But very few people, maybe other than the superintendent, kind of experience the level of stress and the level of things that we do in our daily jobs. Let's circle back to the rookie boot camp again, because I think it's, uh, I don't know mm-hmm. if all the other SPRAs do this or not, but I think it is something pretty unique and wonderful that TSPRA here in Texas does offer. And oftentimes in sessions like that, you get paired up with somebody, right? Like maybe you have a similar size district or maybe you work near each other. But Ian, in your experience, how do you take kind of that random pairing or the two or three days at a conference and stretch that into a lasting friendship? And I could talk about how you and I ended up as friends, but I don't think we have that much time here, Ian. (laughs) (laughs) Not everybody having an acquired taste, I guess. You know, that's a real challenge. Uh, And I think we we are still struggling to meet that sometimes. Uh, Some of our members, David Higgs, have worked really hard Mm -hmm. on mentoring programs. But, you know, we get busy in our daily lives and and people are focused on doing their jobs. And, you know, there's also a very high trust factor in in what we do. You know, our superintendents trust us. We're we're sometimes the voice and face to the public. And so it it takes a lot as as an individual, you know, it's almost like a relationship. You know, you're going to have to give something to get something back. And that's hard for people, especially if if you don't know them. And so I've had mentors that honestly, I I haven't talked to. Some have left the profession, hopefully not because of me. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it, it it, it happens, and and I, but you know you, you can't give up. You you've got to look and say, okay, that that just that just didn't work out, but that's that just was that personality that fit. Um, you know, and and sometimes it is hard because you're you get focused on the day to day. Um, you know, I I try to look and and see if, if I scan the headlines and if there's a district that's in trouble or getting some bad press or even good press. I try to drop a note, whether it's a text or an email, to uh, to a colleague. I try not to call because I know that's that. Sometimes it's frustrating, but just to let them know I'm here. And, and people have done that for me. And, um, you know, it, it's, it just comes back to knowing that there's people out there and maybe that first call can be tough, but hopefully you, you reach someone that, that's going to be a good input, going to mm-hmm. be good help, and that'll just kind of grow from there. That's kind of how Rookie Boot Camp started. We started helping people, and um, I, I'm, I'm fortunate and honored that they keep asking me back to help. Uh, hopefully that means my advice is still helping somebody somewhere. But, uh, you know, it, 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 it's been great. And I, I, when I tell people I would not be where I'm at if it wasn't for TSPRA, I, I truly feel that way. And, and I think, again, it, there, there's lots of conferences you can go to, and there's lots of sessions and people you can hear about 
different topics on schools and and how to be an effective leader, how to be effective administrator, even even within communications. But sometimes it's just that that little reassurance of hey, yeah, that that's that's a good statement, or I wouldn't say that, or keep doing what you're doing, or our thoughts and prayers are with you. I mean, you know, just just whatever it might be, it's just so huge as you go through your day. You know, I think school PR is sort of strangely collaborative. And that feels weird to say out loud, but at the end of the day, we're very often in competition, whether it's that next job, you're up against peers that you respect, or um, in some cases, people are competing for enrollment. But school PR somehow, even when we're competing against each other, whether it's the professionals or just the line of work in general, it's so supportive. And coming from a journalism background and then kind of tying it back to this mentoring as well, what similarities did you see in the two professions? And then how are they different as well? Well, you know, they both definitely changed. Um, you know, like I said, when I started, we were we were doing newsletters every six weeks. And th- there's nothing sadder than printing 20,000 copies of a newsletter and going to the post office and seeing, you know, 500 of them in the trash because everybody with the right. P.O. box just dumped them. You know, and, and, and I'm sure people still delete my emails or maybe they have them set to go right to trash, but I don't see it. So it's not – and I haven't spent quite as much money printing it, I so don't I don't feel as bad. But, you know <laughs> – Thank you. Thank right. you. Not intentionally, but you know, the filter, um, you know, the, uh, you know, good journalists want to tell a story. Uh, they, they want people to see them as an authority and, and trustworthy. Uh, and, and we're the same way people, you know, you always hear the saying that people don't trust schools, but they mm-hmm. trust their local schools, you know, and, and that's hopefully because of what we're doing. But in a larger picture, that statement kind of hurts all of us because we want people to, to believe in schools. We want them to believe in our kids and our teachers, and and we're going to have employees that do bad things. We're going to have employees that do illegal things, um, and hopefully people don't judge us based on those individuals. And so our job is to make sure that our public trusts us, uh, to be open and transparent, kind of like journalism. Um, you know, I, I I will say that early in my career it, it was a little bit difficult because I was used to deadlines, and if you didn't have something in by the deadline, it was done. It was no good to them tomorrow. And in schools, you know, I say it takes us 12 years to produce our greatest products, and yeah. so it's a little different. See, even my <laughs> jokes are old. Um, but you know, we uh, you know, it, we had a situation this year, uh, this week, where we had a student pass away, and I, I spent time with. TV reporters, newspaper reporters. And, you know, I, I think having that background helps me relate to them a little bit better. Uh, earlier in my career, I know I had some people in central office that thought maybe I was a little too close to the press, that I worried too much about keeping them happy. But, you know, at the end of the day, we need their help to tell stories. Um, you know, we, we've got some pretty great ways to get the word out through our websites and Twitter. And there's, and again, there's people doing it a lot better than I am on social media. But there's some things where as much as people like to kind of malign the mainstream media and the fake news and all that stuff, they're still out there and, and there's still a voice and they're going to call us and we need to be able to have those relationships and talk openly mm-hmm. and honestly with them. And then, you know, use them for good stories too. Don't be afraid to reach out to them. Uh, you know, a, a good story on TV still goes a long way to a lot and, of people and in our for community. building trust. I think we could do an entire separate episode on building trust and relationships with the media. Um, Justin, are you listening? We might do that for a future episode. All right. Um, yeah. So Ian, a year or maybe two years ago now, it's all running together. You and I did some research. It really, it's, it all, you know. <laughs> did you get to 22 well, or 23? Like a year in public education is like dog years, right? Like it's only, what month is it? It's 
March when this episode airs. And so it feels like it's been forever. But a couple of years ago, you and I spent some time doing some research on kind of cross-generational communication. And in that research, we found this concept of reverse mentoring. I think that ties in nicely. Can you, in your own words, kind of describe what that means? Sure. So, you know, again, the goal is to be good at our jobs, have people that help us get us through the day. And it's sometimes it's technical skills. Sometimes it's emotional support. Sometimes it's like I said, it's the pat on the back. But going back to the thing about our skill set and how I've alluded to the fact that when I started, things were a lot different, you know, to be effective, I've got to meet people where they are. A good communications plan has to reach people where they are, whether it's through the medium, through the message, however you decide to do it, the tools. And so, you know, at some point, the digital world has, has come upon us and I may not be as skilled. I think it started with me not using emojis very well. Is that right? Wasn't my emoji game pretty weak? Pretty much much non-existent. I I think I didn't really know what a hashtag was, um, which is weird because I have teenage kids. So clearly I need to do a better job of monitoring (laughs) them. But anyway, I I think it started with with you and me kind of jokingly sending some emoji, humorous emojis back and forth and you trying to help me up my emoji game. And then from there, it, it just kind of expanded to, gosh, you know, Mm-hmm. podcasting, you know, that's something that certainly has come, to, uh, you know, was nothing exist. Right. <laughs> there was no such word as podcasting when I started. And so forget about the technical and all the other parts, you know, it just, it's totally evolved in my time in this profession. So to be effective, you've got to find those people and, and, and maybe not even if it's not the opportunity to have a full on mentor, maybe you have like a technical sure. advisor. So when I have a question about podcasting or, you know, digital asset management or whatever it might be, you know, I, I, it, behooves me to have colleagues that I can call on. And it's like anything else that we do, right, Aaron? It's about relationships. You're not going to want to call your fire chief the day of a fire to school and introduce yourself. You're not going to want to call your local politician the day you need something from a bill and try and lobby with it. You should, if you're doing your job effectively, you're going to build those relationships at all times. And so it should be a natural phone call. Hey, remember when we talked about blah, blah, blah? Well, guess what? That's happened today. What would you advise or how did you get past that? So it, it comes back to those relationships. And so, you know, don't, don't feel like you've got to have a, a mentor with a capital M. You know, maybe it's just, it's just a colleague who has a different skill set than you. And, and you get together and, and talk about, hey, how can I better do this in my district using what you did? You know, I really like how you said that because this whole episode is about mentoring and about building relationships. But I also think it doesn't have to be such a formal thing. Like, I don't have to introduce you and go, this is Ian Halperin and he is my mentor. Like, it's not like that. It is... Building of, well, I'm sure you would prefer that, that, but that's not how I introduce you. Um, it, It is about building relationships. It is about building friendships and leaning on each other in various areas where you might have more expertise, or maybe I have more expertise. I know um, just last week, you and I and another handful of people in the Dallas area were on a group chat just talking about like kind of appropriate numbers for pushing out good news and what metrics do you set? And, you know, there were there were a number of us that were all kind of chiming in with different thoughts. We're not finished with this conversation, but before we continue, we are going to take a quick break to hear from Justin and our sponsor for this season, Class Intercom. After that, we'll be right back and finish our conversation. What's up, friends? As you know from previous episodes, one of my biggest passions is finding unique ways to give students a voice. 
They all have stories. And sometimes as the old camera guy in the admin building, I may not know about their stories or know what's going on every day in their classroom. Inner class intercom. After talking with some of my trusted colleagues in school PR, I learned about a program that feels like a social media platform, but also has a safety net built in for my sanity. Class Intercom puts the storytelling in the hands of the people experiencing it firsthand, the students. They create content, and then I get to choose where it goes next. From the sidelines of a sporting event or in the environmental club meeting, students can add their voice to your day-to-day district story. Learn more about Class Intercom at classintercom.com. Okay, so I am, earlier in the conversation, you mentioned a couple of people who had served as mentors to you. I think you mentioned Steve Nag and maybe Dixie Paris. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those those are not people I personally know, but um, tell me a little bit about kind of some of the people who have been your mentors and if you've managed to stay in touch with them. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I still have lots of mentors. I mean, Julie Thanum, past Ensper president, she was one of those people that reached out to me early in Teespring career. Um, you know, we, we we obviously stay in touch on issues and things. Um, you know, Craig Icorn down in Houston has been a great mentor and friend to me throughout the years. Um, you know, again, being in Teespring, it, it's there's just so many people, just there's so many opportunities to meet Great people that can come across, that come across your life, give you advice. Um, Tamaringo, who used to be in Capel, she's still in Capel, but not in communications, uh, has been a great friend and mentor to me throughout the years. Uh, Julie Zwar up in Denton. Uh, Tim Carroll, certainly. Mm-hmm. See, this is like the Academy Awards. If you it start is, naming names, <laughs> Tim Carroll up in Allen has, has, has been a great friend of mine. At, you know, and he, he came in from out of state. So and if you've ever met Tim Carroll, you know he's not a Texan. He tries really hard. <laughs> But he's not a Texan. And if you talk to him for more than about five seconds, you know he's not a Texan. But he's a great guy, a great communicator, um, been a great friend to me and to my family. And, and another person who's been a mentor to a lot of people I know as well. Uh, you know, there, there, there's been a lot. So, um, you know, again, I've just been fortunate to, at different times in my career, uh, different people have reached out and, and helped me with different issues I've had. It's interesting, my uh, – Laura Job and Mesquite was my uh, boss for several years, and and we're still great friends, and and we talk a lot, and and it's different too because you know you, you talk about how mentors might change. You know, I, as my boss, you know we had a great relationship, and I, she was my boss. I, Laura, if you're listening, I, I you know I always respect you as my boss, but but we were really friends, and and she was the kind of boss that we could have an argument, mm-hmm. and it was not going to reflect. It, 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 we had an argument as two colleagues disagreeing or expressing our opinions it was never any kind of insubordination it was never kind of respect you know and i was very lucky to have that and and you know i hope that i appreciated it when i was there i know i i still work with her now all the time that maybe i'm still trying to pay her back a little bit for for causing trouble but um we have a great relationship and, and before laura um, I had Catherine, uh, was Catherine Schnossick now, she's Catherine, then she's Catherine Erickson now, but um, I've actually gotten to work with her now. She works for a consulting firm that works with uh, school districts. And so again, talking about mentors, um, she's come back now. We've hired her on a consultant basis, but I can tell you, she still gives me a lot of extra help just because she's my friend. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that's, you know, 20 year relationship that I'm still benefiting from today. I mean, last night we talked because we had a crisis and so she, you know, she, she's helping us on some other things through her firm, but as an individual, I know I can call her anytime and she will take my call and talk me through whatever I need. And, and, and it, it may just be kind of a reassurance. Hey, you're doing the right things. You, you've got this, just 
you know, stay the course and, you know, maybe a tip here or there, but really, again, just that support. Absolutely. And I, and I, I think you are that person for a lot of people. I know you have been my first (laughs) Um, call in several situations when my district lost a student. The first time that I experienced that, you're one of the first people I called. So just thank you from me personally and from all of the other people that you've helped. Um, I I appreciate that. Like I said, that's, uh, um, that's, that, that, that's, that is a priority to me and, and hopefully that I'm, I'm helping some people somewhere. So that's good. Absolutely. There may be people who want to reach out to you after hearing this because we do have a, a pretty decent following nationally. <laughs> Where, where's the best place for people to find you kind of on your socials? I would say the best thing is probably to, um, you can, I, I'm on Twitter through my personal account. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the best way to reach me is email me through my Wally ISD email. Am I supposed to give that online yeah, go here? Ahead and give your contact you information. Huh? Yes, yes, go ahead. Oh, sure. Uh, so it's Ian, I A N dot Halperin, H A L P E R I N at WileyISD.net. Or our website is www.wileyisd.net. And my information and all kinds of great information about us is on our website, our award-winning website. Your award-winning website. Congratulations on that. Yes. And then we do like, we (laughs) like to close out our episodes by asking our guests to go ahead and share a story of an educator that changed your life. Um, You know, again, I think I would go back to uh, Steve Nag. A lot of people in Ensbro certainly know Steve Nag. Well, of a certain age, I guess. Uh, Steve Nag was in Garland when I started in Mesquite. And, you know, again, kind of like you said about me, was one of those people that, of course, Steve has also this larger than life personality and people that know Steve know what I'm talking about. But Steve's never met a stranger. Uh, he may not like you, but he's still going <laughs> to meet you. Um, you know, he, 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 when, when I was named Teespro president, he'd already retired. And he came to my school board meeting and spoke to the board and the superintendent just so they understood how big a deal it was that Ian Halpern and Wally ISD is going to be the president of this T-Sport organization because they probably had no clue. So that's the kind of guy that that Mm -hmm. Steve is. You know, he certainly no obligation to do that. He wanted to do that for me to make sure they understood what this meant. And so, you know, Steve's a guy that you could call now. Um, It it, it is kind of funny because there were things that that Steve – would say at, at Teespra and Enspra 20 years ago, that I'd be like, man, that guy's crazy. What do you mean you go home at the end of the day, whether there's a stack of paper on your desk or not? I, I'm trying to keep my job. I right. got to do this work. And then you reach a point in your career where you're like, gosh, you know, maybe Steve was right. You know, maybe, maybe there is something I need to do outside of just sitting at this desk and, and looking at my inbox and going, well, crap, that's not going to get done by itself. But you know, he, he, he's, he's been a good friend to a lot of people and a, a Enspra president too. But, uh, if you if you don't know Steve Nag, uh, he he speaks at Ensper conferences every now and then. But he he was certainly a, a great influence to me early in my career, and still continues to be a great friend to this day. Sounds like Steve maybe understood work life balance before work life balance was cool. Yeah, <laughs> Steve was cool before cool <laughs> was cool. Um, you know, he Steve <laughs> Steve always understood work work life balance. But again, I I think that goes back to what we started out this whole conversation with is, you know, it comes back to relationships and respect. Steve was fortunate that, that he had a great relationship with superintendents and, and maybe he didn't always, but I can tell you that to those of us looking in, uh, the people in his district respected him. Uh, if Steve Nag called, you took the call. And if Steve Nag gave you advice, Mm -hmm. you listened because it, it, it meant something. And so that should be our goal as young communicators and wherever I am in that spectrum, I don't know, probably older, but, you know, get to a point in your career where people respect what you say. 
um, they listen to you, they take your calls, they come to you for advice. And and what Steve would say is, if they don't, it's time to find mm-hmm. another district. And and that's hard to hear too, because but sometimes you need to understand that you, you may not get to where you need to be in that district. And it, and it, it Hopefully it's not you, but it may be just a reflection of the situation, your relationship, the the nature of the district, but life has to be more about just coming to work every day. And so if you're not in a place that's respected and that respects and values what you do as a profession and as a person, then maybe you do need to look at a different district. That's good advice, Ian. We got to talk about something positive. That sounds kind of, you know, last thing Ian says is if it's not working out, you need to leave. We got to, we got to do something positive. We have, we, we truly do have one of the greatest jobs out there. I mean, obviously what our teachers do is, is special, but, but after that, you know, in some ways we help them be more effective. I always, I always tell people that's my job is to celebrate the great things going on in our classroom every day. And when people feel good about their schools, they feel good about their children. uh, They trust us, you know, just things just go so much better. The little things tend to not matter as much. Yeah. On a good day, we have the best job in the world. And on a bad day, we don't have the worst job in the world. So we're lucky to work in this field. Amen. Absolutely. And that's, I think a lot of us, well, like you said, people call me, um, you know, when they have crisis stuff. So I get to hear about more than my fair share sometimes, I think. But at the end of the day, you know, if you're going home and you're hugging your kids and being with your spouse, you know, and, and you come back the next day, you know, like I said, we, we had a, a very popular student pass away this week and it, it was bad. Then the next day we did our teachers of the year. And so, you know, that has to continue. We have to keep celebrating. And, and we had a vigil last night to go back kind of in that morning phase. But you know what? It was a celebration. And for that family and for his classmates and his teammates, it was good for them to get out and, and talk about talk about his life. You know, and, and we're not going to stop. We're going to keep moving forward. And, you know, I know it's cliche, but life does go on. And we've, we've got to keep doing what we do. What we do is very important. What our teachers do, what our students do is very important. And it, it now more than ever that, that what we do is matters and, and we take responsibility for it and we keep building those relationships. Absolutely. Thank you, Ian. Thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely, Aaron. Thank you for asking me to be here and I I'm, I'm appreciate all the things you've done. And, 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 you know, let me talk about you as a mentee for a minute here. Uh-oh. You know, Erin <laughs> came to me looking for a job. And unfortunately, I, yep, I, we're going to stop recording now. <laughs> and unfortunately, I, I did not choose Aaron, and, and that's the decision I've had to live with. But what I did promise Aaron was I would help her in this career if this is where she wanted to go with everything that I had and as much as I could. And when another job came open, uh, and I said, Aaron, I think this would be a good fit for you. I know some of the people there. And they called me and said, Aaron's a rock star. How do we get her? I said, well, make her an offer. Um, and, and, you know, so, so that's meant a lot to me. I mean, and, and when, when people I've mentored call me back and it's year five, year mm-hmm. four, whatever in the business and they're doing great. And, you know, like you said, there's going to be bad days, but when they're doing great and they stay in this business, um, that's huge. And so I, I and, and, and now look at you, you're doing a national podcast. You've got a podcast with your family. That's a national, I mean, I guess every <laughs> podcast national. See, I, I, I've, it's the World Wide Web, Ian. That means it's oh, everywhere. I, oh, yeah. Um, so you know, you, you're you're doing a you're doing a podcast for our colleagues. You know, it's it's. I'm in this 23 years. I'm just now getting on podcasts. You're in it five, and you're doing wow. you're hosting podcasts. So you know, it, it just shows that it, there's a chance for everybody to do good in this business. And I'm I'm proud of you for for doing these things and taking a leadership role in Teespring and Enspra. And I know you've got a lot of great things ahead of you. And and hopefully you'll 
be sitting here 20 years from now talking to someone that you mentored or was you were a mentor to and you're continuing these conversations i don't know what forum it'll probably be like a hologram oh my god just press a button and you'll appear in real life and you'll have really good shoes i know that Okay. Well, thank you, Ian, so much for all of that. I, I do appreciate your kind words. Um, your opinion <laughs> your opinion means a lot to me, and you've been a great friend. Okay, school PR friends. I very nearly cut the last part of that conversation with Ian out. He thinks it's hilarious that he turned me down for a job six years ago and instead got forced into helping me chart a career in school PR. Then I thought about what Adam Harris and I talked about back in episode six, how vulnerability can be a beautiful thing and I decided to leave the conversation in because it was authentic, and it is the reason that Ian is my mentor today. Ian had a lot of wisdom in this episode. I like how he reiterated that you don't have to have a mentor with a capital M, but you do need some trusted people to call in a time of need. We also heard him share an important message that we are all focusing on this year, that life is about more than just coming to work every day. Thanks for listening to School PR Happy Hour. This podcast works best when we are actively engaging with our audiences. Follow us on Twitter at SPR Happy Hour. Engage with us on Instagram at School PR Happy Hour. Or drop us an email at schoolprhappyhour at gmail.com. And until next time, let's all try to be a little bit better at our jobs every day. <laughs>